What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 188 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is still Cam. His name is always Dave, and uh, we are back yet again. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to be here, Dave. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here as well. Good. You answered correctly. <laughs> Good. It is, uh, it is a lovely Tuesday evening in mid-July. I don't know how July has been in Kansas State, but here it's been quite mild, and I am thankful to the Lord above for that. It was 76 yesterday. Mm. We were it was in, a little bit warmer today, but... Our lows were in the upper 50s for like the last three days. Oh my god! It was amazing. And I know everyone that loves summer here, like I have, I have one friend uh, here who is uh, always cold, and she has a hoodie that just says... I'm absolutely freezing on the front of it. And it's like, you ever see like someone with a piece of clothing that you're like, that is, there's no more perfect thing that ex- expresses who you are. And when I saw her wearing it the first time, I, I quite literally laughed out loud for a solid 10 seconds. Cause I was like, <laughs> if I had seen that in a store, I would have purchased it and given it to her as a gift because it's that priceless gotcha. and that accurate. So I know that she is among many other people here not enjoying the very uh, temperate weather, but August is oh, around, that would be nice. August is around the corner, so it's about to get real nasty real quick. Yes, uh, Dave, can I can I tell you a secret that you already know? It's, a, it's <laughs> sure. not a secret to you; it's a secret <laughs> to our listeners. I uh, I got in a car accident a couple weeks ago. While I was driving home from the babysitter's house with my four and a half year old in the back seat, and a a local gentleman um, was not paying attention and tried to cross the road from a stop sign and drove into my driver's door and set all of the side curtain airbags ablaze. Oh my! Which you know turns out uh, real loud. Uh, Everyone was okay, including my daughter, which was the most important thing. she was freaked out, but she was fine. Uh, and it took the insurance company two whole weeks to decide to uh, total the car, which for many reasons I was very okay with. Not necessarily the time length, but uh, the fact that I no longer have that vehicle makes me happy. Uh, but I get my new car on Thursday, Dave. Very exciting. And it is a car that I have wanted. (laughs) And I kid you not, since I was like 10 or 12. Uh, So I am, I feel very excited and blessed that, because it's just a possession, right? And cars of all possessions, they're depreciating assets. Like they are just money pits by definition. Unless you hold on to them long enough and get lucky that they become classics and somehow manage to keep a car in good condition for 40 or 50 years, right? Like it's, they, they are, they are money pits, um, to insure, to own, to fuel all of that stuff. But this particular vehicle, I remember seeing, so it's a BMW three series. So even saying that out loud, I feel like a total, like, (laughs) You know, like my dad's reaction was, holy bleep, good. Like, it's like, you know, you have a vehicle like this and people just assume lots of things about you. Like, I don't pay rent. I live for free because the church owns my house. So 
you know, I, I can, I can have a nice vehicle, which is great. And I'm grateful for it. But I remember someone down the street growing up had a mid nineties BMW M3. It was all white and it was back when it was super boxy. Like the back spoiler was a perfect rectangle and like it had the side skirts and the white rims. And it was just like this boxy little sports car. And I fell in love with it. And while I do not have an M3 because they are both economically and um, ecologically very, very <laughs> uh, unwise, um, I do I do get the uh, the pleasure of picking up my vehicle on Thursday in two days uh, and get to, you know, fulfill a, a boyhood dream. Whether that's good or not, I haven't yet decided, but that's what's happening. So... The the BMW that you just described, the uh, the boxy nineteen nineties M three. Hmm. That is one of the cars that you just described in terms of holding on to one. So it's an E thirty mm-hmm. for their model. Those go for six figures now. Yeah, dude. They were. I mean, like, I can. And they still were completely s- ahead of their time in terms of in their. At one point, they they were not that expensive, but they yeah, I can still skyrocketed. I can picture it in my mind still, and it's just like, oh my gosh, it was just the pinnacle of the time. It was such a good looking car, and it just looked like it could turn, you know, do a one eighty in a second, and then just beat you off the line. It was just, <laughs> it was a mean, yeah, a mean little four door. I loved it. Well, this one's a two door. Oh, maybe it was it. I can't, I don't remember that. I'm, Cause you can get a, you can get a three series. Most of the, yeah, the M threes are all two doors. You're right. You're right. You're right. Well, the, the, back then they were, but this one is $98,500. That's crazy. It's in Denver, Colorado. I did not pay anywhere near that amount of money. <laughs> well, and those cars knew in 1990, well, they might've been a $30,000 car back then, but. Yeah, it's it's insane. And that's what that's like one of those cars that like like in my life if I had known like I could have easily afforded one at the right time kind of a thing. Yeah, well had you known, right? That's that's all right. all that's investments, right? <laughs> had I known that Bitcoin was going to go bonkers in the winter, then I would have. But... Yeah. Anyways, it's just I I have been the reason I bring it up is I have been very somber lately about life events in the past and i just you know not not all of the things going on in my life for whatever it's worth which may be very little uh you know there's just something that i'm looking forward to and excited about and feel blessed with coming up so i i wanted to try and counterbalance some of my melancholy uh nature the past few episodes with the fact that something that I'm looking forward to and I'm excited about. And again, feel very blessed to have the opportunity to do uh, is happening. So that's all. It wasn't like I'm bragging or anything <laughs> like that. It was just like, I've been listening back to the last few episodes to edit and to post and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, man, dude, life is not that bad. You know, there are certain aspects of it that suck, but like overall life is good for the most part. So anyways, yes. That's the motivation behind sharing that. It's just like, you know, God is good. And even if I didn't have the opportunity for this vehicle, God would still be good. But it is 
is a highlight for me, and I wanted to share that and not always just be the Debbie Downer. So, anyways, cool. Dave, are you good? Mm-hmm. Things are well? I'm good. Things are well. All right. Very good. Uh, we are going to continue on in Hebrews. We're going to start chapter 10 tonight. And uh, the first section covers 18 verses, but we're just going to go through the first seven tonight because 18 just felt like way too much to cover in an episode. And we want to make sure that what what this passage is talking about gets adequate um, time and discussion on because it's it's quite important. Um, again, the headers in the Bible were added by editors, so you know take that for what you will. But the header here for chapter ten is Christ's sacrifice once for all. So we're talking about you know the biggest event in the history of history. Uh, so we don't want to gloss over it. We want to give it the uh, the amount of attention. Um, that it's due. So that's that. Would you like to uh, do the honors, sir? For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sin. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me and burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure then i said behold i have come to do your will O god as it is written of me in the scroll of the book all right thank you so i actually think there's quite a bit to talk about here uh-huh like if we really dive into it And it starts right away, right? The law has but a shadow of the good things to come. Right. Instead of the true form of these realities. And if I remember correctly, that's sort of a reference to what we talked about last episode, where it starts in like verse 23. Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices. So this is the carrying on of Jesus being the high priest of high priests and replacing what was but sort of like a a shadow or a uh, 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 prefiguration, if that's even a word, of what was to come, right? So the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities. And that's like, and you think about the law ruled everything that the mm-hmm. Israelites did. Like yep. it was... It was it. It dictated everything they did and how they did it and why they did it and when they did it and who did it, where, like all of that stuff. If you go back and look, you know, at the Pentateuch, it is 
painstakingly detailed about how all of this should take place and when and where and again by whom. And you think of all of that was but a shadow of what was to come. And that Mm. one person, one person could fully encapsulate the entirety of the law and replace it by his sacrifice. That starts to kind of like, I hopefully broaden our perspectives as to what Jesus was actually here to do. Now I'm not an Israelite or a Hebrew or a Jew. I didn't grow up following the old Testament law, but I have studied it, you know, and I have, you know, taken the tests and read the books and gotten the degrees and all of that sort of stuff. And I can't even imagine what it would have been like knowing all that I do know to grow up in a place where that level of detail and attention and um, what's the word? Religiosity of following it Mm -hmm. would have felt like, I mean, it's almost militaristic in a sense with the precision and the regimenting and, and all of that. Right. And then one guy shows up and fulfills the whole thing. Like, I often wonder, like, why there were Jews back then that didn't accept Jesus for who he was. Well, I get it. How could one guy fulfill everything that our people have lived to fulfill for the past however many centuries? You're going to tell me one guy from Nazareth? Can anything good from (laughs) Nazareth actually come? Like, you begin to see the audacity of what God accomplished through Jesus who grew up in a backwater town in a backwater place of the world, you know, Mm -hmm. to fulfill this just gargantuan law process, you know, uh, and we get to it later, right? That like the law was, it was built to make this point that we couldn't be fulfilled by these people. But anyways, uh, that, like that's that's where my brain goes when I first start this is just like the law has but a shadow of the good things to come because that was its point and Jesus is pointing us to the good things that are to come because he's fulfilled the shadow with a real living being and he's leading us towards something and it's yeah I don't know I don't have a good way to tie a bow on that. That's just kind of where my brain's at. <laughs> a, you know, a real preacher would have a way to tie that up, but I'm not a real preacher. So, well, and you're, you're also not preparing a sermon. So fair point. You're just, ta- you're just talking. So sometimes too much. <laughs> no, it, uh, you know, it is, it's, it's just so interesting and that's, I, you know, I guess that's where, where, you know, my mind went and I guess maybe to just put a bow on it is, you know, we're talking about the core thing that everybody lives for, what their world revolves around. You know, I mean, it's, it, it is how you do life. It's how you do government. It's how you are ruled. It's, you know, it's, Absolutely. 
it, you know, it is, it's every part of who you are. If you are, um, a Jew, if you were, uh, you know, got one of God's chosen people and now the writer of Hebrews, which I think he's accurate is basically saying, yeah, that's just a shadow, you know? So this central thing. And, and so, yeah, I mean, there is that element of if everything that your world revolves around, then this guy comes along. It's like, yeah, it do away with all that. It doesn't really matter. And it just, well, but it's more than just that, right? It's not, oh, sure. it's not just do it's like, Oh, just forget it. No, no, no. I have fulfilled, fulfilled uh, yeah. the entirety, everything that your entire people group, our entire people group has struggled to understand, to work through, to process, to achieve. I'm going to fulfill the entirety of it and more. Mm-hmm. And so you can totally see how some people are like, this guy is crazy. He's a psycho like that. We need to kill him because he's undermining what we stand for. He could, there's no possible way. Like I can start to understand why the, the rulers did what they did. Yeah. And just the, the anger to actually literally have somebody crucified because of this, you know? Yeah. A lot of emotion, a -hmm. lot of investment in the law, a lot of just dependence on, and again, and they probably, in a lot of ways, they, you know, um, the purpose of the law is to point out sin, not to remove it, but they are certainly operating from a premise of it does remove sin. Like it is effective, right? Well, and yeah, like when, when something becomes so integral to your way of life, whether it's, you know, uh, Jews in Jesus time and the law or pick your political position in modern day times. And someone tries to take that from you and say that it's not relevant anymore. You see how people react violently and without reason and purely emotional. And we've seen that over the last you know, let's just, you know, be short-sighted and say six years in this country Mm -hmm. where certain, you know, quote unquote values have been attacked from one side or the other. And they're so fundamental to what your life is built on that when someone tries to say that they're wrong or, um, uh, what's the word, uh, discredit them or to like people react yeah. violently. Yep. And so, and that like, so you get why the people reacted the way they did that were against Jesus. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean they were right at all, but you can begin to understand the human side of it of like, I get why they would act this way. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So that's the first half of verse one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so we'll just start from the beginning, right? For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Okay, so this this concept, the same sacrifices that are continually offered 
every year. He says this again later on in verse 3. He's making a point here. There's a reason you have to repeat these sacrifices. There's a reason why one sacrifice isn't enough. There's a reason why this is a ritual. There's a reason why you were consistently, consistently, consistently over and again making the same sacrifices for the same sins for the same people. Yep. Because these sacrifices don't solve the problem. They are a bloody, gruesome reminder of the reality of your sinfulness. And like we talked about a couple episodes ago, as gross and nasty as that is, I wonder, I wonder if it wouldn't be beneficial for us to have that drastic of a visual to remind us mm-hmm. modern day Americans, especially us white suburbanites that have it very easy to see the gruesome nature of our sinfulness where we don't get to hide behind comfort or money or education or white privilege or what, you know, whatever label you want to throw on stuff, right? Like, would it be beneficial for me to see that sort of graphic visualization of the disgusting nature of my sin that Jesus died for willingly? Now, it's easy to say that now, and with all things that in repetition becomes numbness, right? Comes desensitivity. Mm-hmm. So who knows? If I start seeing that when I'm two, maybe by the time I'm 12, it's like, oh, just another dead goat. Ha, ha, ha. Whatever. I don't know. Um, but there, there is just this idea that keeps coming back to me is like, we are so... We, we hammer so much in church on the love of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God, all of which are so true, so true and biblical. But how often is that balanced with the fact that the reason Jesus died was to satisfy the wrath and judgment of God? Mm-hmm. I just, like, there has to be a balance there, right? Because if God is all love, then Jesus didn't need to die but there needed to be a payment for the sin. There had to be a just end to our sinfulness, our evil. And, you know, I'll shut up after this, but like, I just, I think we could use a healthy dose of reminding us of the fact that our sin is appalling and way worse than we would think. And there's, Again, I'll shut up after this, I promise. Tim, There's a quote from Tim Keller um, that I'll probably butcher here, but I've mentioned many times before, right? Like that our sin is, is, is deeper and more grave and more uh, terrible than we could ever imagine. But God's love for us is deeper and greater than we could ever dare to hope. So like, mm-hmm. is, we, and, and so part of this is by not, by being afraid to look or or not even trying to look at the depth of our sin, we are preventing ourselves from a further, deeper understanding of the depth of God's forgiveness, right? And, and so I think we have to lean into the fact that, yes, I sin. Yes, I have 
you know, terrible thoughts. And, and yes, I want to do things that dishonor God because we have to be okay. We have to be right. We have to be a good person. And, you know, the more I read scripture and, and the more that I listen and read other people that are, are further along in their journey than I am, it's like, that is so not what the Bible wants us to do. Like, we don't, we don't have to get well before you see the doctor. Mm-hmm. Go to the doctor because you're sick, and the doctor is there to take care of you and wants to take care of you, wants to heal you, wants to help you put you on a healthier path. And I just, I, I can't help but wonder, are we doing ourselves a disservice by sheltering ourselves against the depth and gravity of our sin and in so doing hiding the depth and reality of God's love towards his people. I don't know. Well, yeah. So that's, I mean, I think the first thing with this is when we think of sin and being a good person in that, I, I, I really think our focus, our audience, who we who we are thinking of when we talk about being a good person and not sinning is what other people think of us. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really think that's our focus because the reality yep. is, is God knows exactly who we are <laughs> and he knows exactly, you know, uh, what we think and, and how selfish and self-centered and all that that we are. And so, yeah, when you when you talk about the, you know, the realization of our depravity and how that's deep the that word really I was goes. looking for. Yes. Depravity. That's <laughs> such a, it's, mm, it's such a good word. Well, it's funny. Cause I would have said you said it because <laughs> oh. I was, because I, cause I go, well, like you said, depravity. Um, but yeah, it just, it, and again, we can't even begin to comprehend just how, uh, intense that is. And, going back to the sacrifices and it's continual every year and, and, and seeing it and just, you know, there really is an, an, an image there that we, you know, we sanitize our world in so many ways <laughs> as much as we possibly can. You know, I don't, I don't want to be crass, but you know, we've, our, our bathroom doors are closed and we flush the toilet and never have to see that kind of stuff. And, you know, we even put our old folks into homes where they can die. And, you know, just so much of the messiness of life has really been sterilized and sanitized by our world. And, and in some ways, <laughs> rightfully so, rightfully, you know, uh, but yeah, it, um, I, I would say that, so there's, there's much I'm grateful for in my law enforcement career, but honestly, that was, that's probably been one of those things that will stick with me is just, um, you get to see some of that, you know, like you talk about whitewash suburbia, it, it, you you experience so much of the reality of just how disgusting one human being can do can be towards another human being and especially how disgusting 
you can be towards another human being that you should be protecting or taking care of, whether it be a, a spouse or a child or, you know, whatever it may be. And, um, so yeah, I guess my thought is, is just, I, I agree with the, the, the depravity and what the living and experiencing these sacrifices would do in terms of a reminder of our sin. So that's my thought. It's a good thought, Dave. All right. Verse two, otherwise (laughs) would they not have ceased to be offered since the worshipers having once been cleansed would no longer have any consciousness of sins. All right. So this is just a further point from the first verse that these sins or these sacrifices had to be made because they were not, uh, enough. They right. were merely symbolic, if we could be so bold. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I that would no longer have any consciousness of sin. I think that's never really noticed that before. And that really stood out to me of just consciousness of sin. Well, and that, and the, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Just, just the concept that we could no longer have any. So that begs a question, though, doesn't it? If Jesus' sacrifice was. <laughs> Once for all and conquered <laughs> sin, why do you and I have a consciousness of sin? Yeah. I, I, yes. And I mean, I like, if we're going anal- to an analyze the text, we have to right. call out the questions that maybe we don't want to bring up because the answer is not easy. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, I, I could just... I could give you the party line, you know, that the whole uh, now but not yet, the kingdom has been initiated, but it's not been fulfilled, and that's what the Holy Spirit is here for, and we are being made in the likeness of Christ within time, but God exists without time, and judgment has already happened outside of time, but we are in time, so we have to wait for it to happen, and, you know, all of the Christopher Nolan-style, you know, time warping in the movie. (laughs) But, like, this is the point he makes. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins? Well, Jesus died once. We've all been cleansed because of that, but we still do have an awareness, a consciousness of sin, and we still do sin. And so that is that's a, that verse is a problem for me, that I don't have a, an answer to. And I'm not going to try and you know, just rely on what I just said, because I don't <laughs> think it answers that question, right? Um, and so this is one of the areas of the scripture where, like, I, you know, there are days when I'm just like, if I'm being frank, I'm not, if I'm being honest, what if this is all just a bunch of bull? Sure. Oh, what if this uh, is yeah. all, what <laughs> if this is all just some big story that got out of hand and somehow, in some way, caught on. It was the first viral book, you know, back in the day. What, what if it's all just a story? Right. And all of the folklore around who wrote it and when it was written, and it all just wound up coincidentally lining up, you know, all that stuff. Now, do I believe that? No. But are there moments when I read things 
where I'm just like, oh gosh, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> and that really makes me wonder. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is one of those. Yeah. Um, so yes, I, you know, mine lately has just been, and I, it's just funny because if you say things out loud, you feel like you're going to be Looney Tunes, but like I've lately just had this whole, like, I, I can accept that there's a possibility that like, we're just a big Petri dish, you know, that like aliens doing their science experiment, and it's kind of like, okay, now we're going to create this big ball that they live on. Let's give them things like water and wood and uh, minerals and alloys. And let's see if they can figure out how to make stuff from it. And, you know, it's just like, and, and here's the thing that is plausible, you know, like, and you, and, and you can go any different direction that you we've want with seen, that. We've all seen the matrix. Like, yeah. <laughs> So I, you know, so I, and then back to this, but back to the verse, um, I, I think there is an element of, and I know even as I say this, it's not going to be completely, but, um, I, you know, I, I, I do believe that while I am aware of my sin in terms of like a consciousness of sin, um, I truly like, so, you know, on the flip side of, of having your doubts <laughs> and, and, and the places that our mind wanders to when I'm, when I'm in uh scripture, when I'm in walking with God, when I'm in that place where things are just, you know, in harmony, like there's really not doubt for me, you know, like I have an assurance of my salvation that I can't completely explain. Um, I, I don't have to wonder, did that bull getting slaughtered do enough? Did it cover it? You know, <laughs> and Was there enough blood and it's been 11 months and 15 days and I got a lot <laughs> of sin and I, you know, I need these next 15 days to really hurry up to get here because if I die in the 11th month, 15th day, I might not make it to heaven, but you know, if we got that bull slaughtered, I think I'm good again. You know, it's, it's not even if I'm articulating that well, but I, I do think there's an element of, I have a freedom from that sin of not being just consumed by that. And I don't know if that's the right answer, but that's what, what I don't know in my mind uh -huh. seem to rectify that. So yeah, I get it. Which actually kind of leads quite well into the next verse. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year, which you just said, right? Like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, it's it's December 15th. I got to get through these next two, <laughs> you know, 16 days to get to that, you know, whatever, right? Or, you know, what at whatever point in the year that they, they did, the, I don't remember. Right, I don't, yeah, I don't know either. Who knows, you know, it's probably a Tuesday. That's always the joke. Um, <laughs> so, but in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. And if that is not one of the strongest statements in the entire Bible, right. Considering what it implies. Right. About yep. the old Testament. Yes. I mean, that's a strong 
definitive declarative statement. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Right. <laughs> so there's the underlying question, right? <laughs> that you So what what does that mean? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there's the well then why do they do it, you know? And and again, God is a what's what's the word here? Uh He loves a good word picture. And sometimes those word pictures are real bloody and very graphic. But if you think about the way that God has interacted with humanity and has called humanity, it is very um, visual. It is very visceral. It is very much a, like he built us. He made us in his image. So he knows what gets our attention. He didn't show up to Moses as a little cute butterfly. He was a burning bush. Obvious, mm-hmm. right? They followed a smoke of pillar or a smoke of fire through the desert. Like when he showed his face, Moses's face glue, glowed for how many days, right? Like Jesus calmed the storm by talking. He fed 5,000 people plus women and children with five loaves of bread and two fish. Like he does things. He turned water into wine. Very visual, like captivating things. He didn't, he didn't heal someone who had a cough. He healed people that had leprosy and blindness or could not walk or were dead or yeah, or, or were dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Touche, David. <laughs> Let's just get right to the point. Like everything he did in that way had a bit of audaciousness to it and, mm-hmm. and building this entire system of sacrifices, whether it be ritualistic cleansing or, you know, uh, the whole temple system and all of that was to, to clearly illustrate a point. Right. There is a price to be paid for what you have done. That price will be paid. And guess what? All the bulls, all the goats, everything else that you've sacrificed isn't going to pay it. And you know what? You can't pay it. There's no way you could. And in fact, the only reason you even know that there's a debt to be paid is because, is because. I've, <laughs> I've told you that there is one to be paid. So the only reason you want to repay it is not because you have the capacity to understand the fact that there is one, but it's because I've opened your eyes and brought you back to life and told you there's a debt to be paid. But don't worry, I got it. <laughs> and you just, you just, that I think really does as, as much as humanity has accomplished and as intelligent as people can be, like you think about some of the stuff that people have pulled off. Oh yeah, exactly. It's remarkable. It really is. Yep. My computer is wirelessly transmitting not only my audio, but my face in real time <laughs> yeah. to you nine hours away by car to your laptop wirelessly. And we can have a conversation with no delay in real time with no lag (laughs) in 1080p crystal clear HD. (laughs) That's insane. And yet in all of our intelligence and all of our wherewithal and all of our ingenuity, there's nothing we could do 
to close this gap. Right. And we couldn't even know there was a gap. And that's the point of the law. It is impossible for blood for the blood of bulls and goats to take away the sins is no matter how many you kill, even no matter how correctly you do it, no matter how many rules you follow, it doesn't get you where you need to do. All it does is prove the point that I wanted you to understand Yeah, is that a sacrifice has to be made and you cannot make it. So I will make it on your behalf at full cost to me, even though you are the offender you are the one that has sinned against me. I will show you what it costs in only the small fraction that you could possibly understand what it costs. And then I will bear the full cost, which you could never understand at mm-hmm. full cost to me so that we can be together again. And that's where it says in verse five, consequently, When Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written for me in the scroll of the book. And, I mean, shoot, Dave. That's rather poetic, (laughs) don't you think? It's like, I mean, what's a good analogy? I'm thinking of like bringing in the closer, you know, the coach coming out, tapping, <laughs> give me the righty, you know, like we've, we've seen the game as it was. We've, the rules have been established. We've all been toiling. And in the end, there's a plot twist. We're bringing in someone that no one saw coming. I mean, to the point that we talked about earlier, that so many of the Jews in the day not only didn't believe in Jesus, but were so offended by what he was saying and doing that they plotted to murder him with zero evidence to hold against him. That's how offended they were by what he was saying and doing, because it was not at all what they expected the Messiah to do. And like, if that doesn't just show you what our base instincts and, you know, depravity is, is like, these are people that knew the law upside down, left and right, memorized, memorized the entire Old (laughs) Testament. Think about that. Yeah. How many verses in the Old Testament do you have memorized? Maybe three. They had every single one of them memorized. And they couldn't see Jesus for what he was. Yeah. And yet, I'll read it again. (laughs) Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me, and burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. He showed up to be the sacrifice. Yep. Willingly doing so. (sighs) Which ties in with the entire book of Hebrews so far, that he was going to be the high priest of all, of all high priests. He was going to end the cycle. He was going to be the sacrifice. He was going to be the one that would represent us to God for eternity. That this yearly cycle that is referenced twice here in these passages 
of having to do the sacrifices over and over and over again, ultimately for no point other than proving the fact that we could not solve the problem. And Jesus is going to solve the problem once for all people. Is gets me excited, Dave. <laughs> and, I know it doesn't. I know it doesn't sound like it, but I'm you know <laughs> trying to remain reserved a little bit. So that's that's the first seven verses of chapter ten of Hebrews. Very good. Super good. Maybe not our podcast, but the verses are great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Self-deprecation aside, I it's just <laughs> no. You're right. It's yeah. It's very good. It's very very good. Uh, any other thoughts? Or are we uh, should we send this one off to the old uh, internet? I think we're good. Sweet. All right. Well, folks. Um, thanks again for your time and your attention. Um, still really cool that uh people we don't know listen to the show like that you would you know it's been six and a half years of us doing this and still really cool (laughs) and you know uh really awesome so thank you so much for um taking the time to uh to listen to this episode um Show notes, again, are in your podcast player of choice, or you can go to supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 188, and they'll be there as well. And there's links there for all the ways to get in touch. Um, And, um, well, I guess until next time, um, I don't know, don't waste your time sacrificing any more cows. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) Yeah, it frees up your weekend, I think. Yeah. Now, if you want to have a barbecue, that's fine. Okay, real quick, Dave. I know we're ending the show. Do you know Traeger Wood Pellet Grills? Yes. Um, the church may have purchased one, and it, oh. may, be oh. stored, it may be stored in my garage. <laughs> and I may have smoked some barbecue chicken breasts earlier in the steak nice. the other day. I did... Oh my gosh, David. <laughs> it's incredible. I it's the best chicken I've ever made in my life. And That's the steak cool. was incredible too. I overcooked it because I was nervous and it was still amazing. <laughs> That's cool. Very cool. Anyways, folks, Traeger Grills, incredibly expensive. Uh the best grill you could probably ever buy. Yeah. They're it's, good. It makes I made I made my daughter some Aldi hot dogs on it. The first night, mm-hmm. just like, you know, you get like an eight pack of Aldi hot dogs for like $4 or whatever. The best hot dogs I've ever had in my life. That's cool. Simply because they were smoked on the wood pellet grill. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm just saying it's an investment. It's glorious. Anyways, it should have ended before I talked about that, but you know, Dave brought up barbecue. <laughs> Got it on the mind and in the belly. So, anywho's, uh, we'll be back next time. Adios. Bye.